Hello, everyone. Welcome to CTF Radio. I'm here with Sardis. Sardis, say hi. Hello, hackers. Hello, hackers. Hello, hackers. <laughs> Hello, hackers. Hello, hackers. <laughs> Hello, hackers. As promised, hackers. I have replaced Jan with a bot. This will just happen. Hackers. All right. I can take a nap. Podcast. Exactly. Hello, hackers. Hello, hackers. <laughs> we'll just see Hello, how long hackers. I can do this until people Hello, stop hackers. listening. <laughs> I don't think they'll ever stop. Hello, you remember hackers. Gandalf? Mm-hmm. Gandalf was on for like 20 hours. The gray or the Hello, white? Hackers. Oh, the, uh, the, the Gandalf the nod. Gandalf oh. nodding guy. That's true. Cool. Yeah. So now that we have our great... I actually have some other ones I will surprise you with uh, later. So... Uh, I actually figured out while editing the last episode how to extract just audio clips and then load them in here. So amazing! I am a Hello, I am super dangerous <laughs> with this thing. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, cool. Well, hey, so it's just uh, Jan and I here, and I guess my dog also in the background. But uh, the goal here, there's been some uh, recent, uh, I think drama is probably the best word, controversy, whatever you want to call it, in the CTF community. Uh, before we kind of get started, I think the the really kind of ground rules is we're not trying to relitigate or bring up I don't know who did what or like point fingers at the drama. But what actually happened, I think, was a super interesting case that uh, comes up in CTF, and we have some experiences with this we'll share. Um, and so we want to talk about that. So the the key issue and the key thing at a very high level, what happened is. Uh, somebody created a CTF challenge in a CTF that used uh, components of real-world software. So it wasn't uh, specifically Chrome itself, but it was one of the subcomponents in Chrome. They found a bug in there that didn't infect, affect Chrome, and the goal was to like fi- have the, the participants find that specific bug, uh, release the CTF, and one of the great you know hackers in the CTF uh, community found that bug. Uh, or found, sorry, not that bug, found a different zero-day bug that actually impacted Chrome on Linux. Um, And then the question was, the organizer found that, reported it to Google, got it fixed. Uh, In order to get it fixed, got the bounty, and so there's all this, like, jumbled stuff up here. So um, let's start off, Jan. Tell us about your background in and what you know about people using zero days in CTF, and maybe even define zero days first for people that don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So zero days, of course, just first and foremost, is a novel uh, vulnerability that uh, is unknown to anybody and Mm -hmm. thus, uh, in many cases, undefendable against, right? So typically, if you you know know that, hey, an old version of whatever or, or, or the second latest version of sudo has a, a vulnerability, well, you can patch it. You can mm-hmm. um, do other things like... like uh, Don't allow access, up. change uh, configurations. Exactly. Yeah. Mitigate things in some way. But if something is completely, completely unknown, then uh, most often it's, it's really undefendable against. Uh, sometimes it is just completely crazy out of that field. Uh, I think Log4j was a good example of this, right? Like who would have thought that just logging is, is super dangerous? Um, and, and, and tons of people, organizations, yeah. companies, like there was, uh, I think I know some people who worked in security organizations and companies and they were on fire trying to make sure, like find all these things, patch them. It affected tons of Java applications and allowed like remote code execution. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, in some sense, um, zero days are actually what, what I think about zero days mm-hmm. um, as a differentiator. Right. If you look at competitions such as CCDC, you mm-hmm. know these these sort of uh, uh, bl- more blue teamy competitions, they tend to focus on configuration problems that are known configuration potential configuration problems. Mm-hmm. They tend to focus on um, uh, you know uh, end days and 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 these sort of known issues. CTFs tend to focus more in the philosophical old day space. Right, which yeah, that's means... going to be my next, you know, uh, straw man question is like, but why are we talking about O days? Isn't that the point of CTF to find O days? Yeah, it, it, exactly. So in some sense, of course, if, if if you have a CTF challenge where it's like, hey, here's an old version of Chrome, find the publicly available exploit and 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 launch it, it's not going to go over well. And that's not hypothetical. Mm-hmm. We hosted an ICTF where it was a throwback retro ICTF where every challenge was a uh, either a respin or a relaunch 
of a challenge that had been uh, run in prior years, right? So I don't remember which year of the ICTF it was. It was some round year. 14 or 15, because I was I think it was here, 15, yeah. yeah. I was here at ASU. I think it was supposed to be 14, and it got pushed to 2015. Um, yeah, and so so it was like, hey, you know, this will be cool. It's like a homage to uh, uh, a CTF his or ICTF history, mm-hmm. and people hated it. It was insane. The amount of shit that that we got for that ICTF was uh, probably probably. I mean, the ICTF is experimental enough that we, we we've gotten a lot of shit for for a lot a of lot different of ICTFs. Yes. But um, that one was particularly bad. Uh, that one was like, well, you lazy bums. Why the hell wouldn't you write novel uh, vulnerabilities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, and I actually played that that ICTF right. So I was on the player side, and it kind of felt like it, it was fun in the sense that it was a very diverse. There was like thirty plus services. B a lot of the students could help because they, it was very trivial bugs. A lot of them, the older ones. But C, it kind of felt like, oh, I just Google for name of challenge, exploit, find it, and maybe it works, maybe it slightly tweaks it, and then launch it. And so I didn't feel like you're learning anything. Or I think actually what we're getting to is you're not getting that joy of discovering a new vulnerability. And so there there has been explorations of this that are that are a little maybe higher effort but uh you know you, you take a old version of chrome with an end day for which there is no mm-hmm. uh, available vulnerability or available exploit mm-hmm. and you have the players synthesize or like figure out how to exploit etc cetera, etc cetera. oftentimes you know the cv comes out it's patched boom but no uh, public exploit exists. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's very, very hard to exploit it. Yeah, and that um, can be cool. That's kind of triggering, let's say, different like CTF or different security muscles, right? It's not about yeah, the exactly. finding of the bug. It's more about the exploitation of the bug. And because it's a complex real-world software, that can be that step can be interesting. Yeah, and, and, and oftentimes, I think when it's most successful is if that step involves like a novel exploitation technique. Yeah. Right. So in this case, yeah, it's not the vulnerability that's novel, but the the exploit technique is is novel. Um, so that uh, is kind of uh, one experience with those days in CTF. Um, is so I'll say uh, just sorry. One example mm-hmm. that I just remembered was uh, during Dice CTF 2022. Uh, there was I think it was a memory hole um, challenge, and that was a uh, that was a like V8 basically. Uh, challenge that was given with an inserted vulnerability, right? So it wasn't even a discovered one, it was an inserted one, but they had enabled extra security features that weren't actually in V8 yet, and so it was cool being able to learn about those security mitigations and bypass them, and that was the fun part. Right, yeah, and so so kind of similar to um, in academia, this is such a terrible analogy, but I'm, I'm rolling with it anyways. Right, if you talk about novelty in, in academic papers mm-hmm. a lot, and yeah. you either have to have some like completely new technique, you have to apply a previous technique to some massive data set to draw new uh, insights and so forth. Mm-hmm. Or there's a couple of these things and you kind of need to like, choose two out of you know, three and then you have a novel paper. I think it's similar for CTF challenges, right? You either have you need novel vulnerabilities, you need novel um, um, exploitation techniques for, for old vulnerabilities, right? right. So. Uh, a very fun CTF challenge back in the days. I even forget which memory corruption mitigation this was. It was something in the LLVM um, that, uh, you know, is, here's a, a, a trivial stack overflow. Go for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, in the context of, of, of different mitigations, I mean, obviously, you know, most people listening to this are CTFers and can think of examples uh, quite a lot. Of, of just what makes, you know, a reasonably interesting novel challenge. Um, so zero, CTF is kind of zero day focused, either right. zero days, like specifically, or, or zero or novel exploitation techniques, which can functionally turn end days, let's say, into zero mm-hmm. days in some sense. Um, and also, it's almost like zero day challenges in some sense, right? The binaries themselves, yeah. the, the applications that you're trying to find bugs in are yeah. themselves zero days. And that is also part of the fun. Exactly. Which is why, you know, uh, the, the classic thing that can go wrong in a CTF is you release all your challenges early, right? Um, and ideally, you just release them right as the game starts and everything is fine. But, you know, there have been cases of CTFs where their staging um, server has been accessible and people mm-hmm. have gotten challenges 
you know, a day in advance or two days in advance. And then basically that, that really breaks the CTF. Right. Um, because that, that kind of zero day aspect is, is very, very interesting. And part of that, you know, even if it's like, hey, exploit this old version of Chrome, um, you don't know which old version of Chrome until the CTF starts. But, right. uh, and, and, and even then, it, it's so dangerous because if you, if you, we've done this accidentally, we had a challenge that was ready ahead of time if you remember i think our second calls okay um and that challenge was a web challenge that had a a, a chrome bot that would drive mm-hmm. it i do remember and, yes and it was in the month between the final packaging of the challenge and the uh i think it was defcon calls there was some you know security vulnerability in chrome that led to some of the teams launching these like almost O days against our, our challenge. Uh, just instead of doing whatever web stuff, they just exploited Chrome. Right, exactly. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, ah. Yeah, that yeah, was not, uh, not intended, but. And, 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 you know, that was like, our, our fault there was we packaged it up, tested it, this is good, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the environment changed that from under us. Right, right? Like, exactly. The world. Um. And so, so that's a a, a very um, I mean, just it, CTS relationship to old days is, is is crazy like this. But but you know, we have also been kind of uh, hit by old days. Maybe not our infrastructure, to the best of our knowledge. But you know, our challenge is like this is it barely one works as is. I don't think we need uh, somebody in there. <laughs> exactly, mucking it, with it, our infrastructure. Exactly. Well, unless they unless they help. I mean, that'd be great. <laughs> we, we got in here, noticed you had uh, your your challenge didn't handle did have that one time. properly. Yeah, we did have that one time Bryce took down our infrastructure by running Emacs. So, you know, maybe you could say that was a no, Yeah, that's right. O-day. Emacs itself is a no-day. <laughs> the concept of Emacs. Uh, oh, my God. Right. So, yeah. So, okay. So, and when you say victims of an O-day, so what do you mean? I mean, I, I guess... The Jeopardy style CTF, you're kind of all attacking the same thing. You don't have any direct access to competitors, so it'd be highly unlikely, let's say, to use an O day against somebody else. That'd be kind of absurd. But how could that manifest itself in like an attack defense CTF? You know, it's it's an it's an interesting question. I think the the biggest thing, and I've been on the receiving end of it. Although you could technically say that the organizers at the time were on the receiving end of it. Um, in an attack defense CTF, you often have code execution on uh, the defending team's machine, mm-hmm. right? Um, directly, and so this this doesn't exist in Jeopardy, right? If you have code execution, it's on a machine that the organizers is where the, the challenge runs. But on um, attack defense, depending on the style and et cetera, et cetera, you might have code execution either on a virtual machine running in the infrastructure of a different team or on the team's virtual machine running in the infrastructure of the mm-hmm. of the organizers. Um, in our games, when we hosted DAPCON, you would have code execution running on the um, on, on, a, on a Kubernetes container, right? Um, of, of a team that uh, that was was defending against your exploit. Um, and so once you have that code execution locally, you know, to, to gain it, you use an intended or unintended vulnerability in the challenge, right? right? Sometimes that's a zero day, but that's a corner case, right? And I guess the drama now is like a corner case uh, situation, but, 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 you know, um, that's uh, one thing. But when you are on the box and you, your, your job there really, according to the game is to cat flag and go away. But of course you don't want to go away. First of all, you want to sit there. Get persistent so you can just keep catting flag. This was impossible. Way, in mm-hmm. case if the team patches the service, your flag bot or flag catcher is still there sending your team the flag. Exactly. There's all sorts of, of, of kind of reasons. One is, is that in case the team patches the service. The other one is um, that that way you only have to send your exploit once over right. the wire. Um, and you don't have all of this fingerprintable traffic, um, and and uh, you know, yeah. I mean, basically, those are the reasons. But you know, we, we try to prevent this when we hosted because mm-hmm. um, it's a pain in the ass. And so what what we did was every time 
something got patched, it would uh, restart the service. And then we would restart services every once in a while, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, right? Like we just go through and be restarting the, the, the services so things didn't right. get into a bad state. Did we restart every tick? I don't think so. No, 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 no. God, no. Yeah. That's too much. That, <laughs> Kubernetes isn't that fast. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so, uh, but, but so you can land somewhere and you have some measure of shenanigans you can do, right? I, I mean, at one point, Null Pointer wrote this insane thing that uh, it was just an implant that we would drop and it would hop PIDs, it would fork, deparent, kill, blah, and, 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 and change uh, its arguments change, whatever. It, it was just like you do a PS and then there's another PS there. And you're like, oh yeah, that's my PS. And you do a PS and there's a whatever, some, some, uh, an LS. You do, you know, um, and it was extremely difficult to kill. At the time uh, when we did this, I think his implant was 2010 or so. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, all this C group crap that makes it very easy to like actually corral. Uh, uh, process mm -hmm. groups nowadays didn't exist, right? And so you had like it was just <laughs> complete chaos on the boxes. Um, that's one way. The other way is to launch an O-Day into an infrastructure, right? Right. So you land on the box, you attack either the containerization environment, the, the virtualization environment, or the just the kernel itself, uh, and you happily live there. Um, and and maintain persistence. That is a nightmare scenario. A zero day against the infrastructure mm -hmm. that players who have an extremely powerful position, right? It's 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 kind of worst case scenario. The players have local access. Uh, right. All of these, you know, uh, local privilege escalation vulnerabilities can apply. Um, and and we know that there are whole vulnerability research programs like you know kctf that are just uh well kctf keeps changing kernel kernel ctf is what kernel ctf yeah. it to, yeah um it keeps changing old days are either in scope out of scope blah, 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 but but you know there have been years where these old days are extremely valuable and people are looking for well they are always extremely valuable people mm -hmm. are looking for them a lot and we could get kind of public-ish information on how often they were found and you get you know fourteen local privilege escalations a year um, that that are found. You know there's a good chance that one of the teams that's composed of the world's top hackers, blah 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 blah, is holding one of them, yep. right? And and uh, I'm pretty sure that 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 infra that we've run. I mean, well, for sure, somewhere in our infra there would was a locally triggerable privilege escalation vulnerability hiding. I mean, just guaranteed, right? Because later things were found and reported. But I yeah. think you kind of have to almost, and this is insane, but you almost have to trust your players not to abuse this, right? If that you want to use virtualization. Of, yeah, so we go kind of, well, A, I think one thing we did, and for CTF organizers, we were very paranoid, and we had two different Kubernetes clusters, one that was running yeah. the untrusted stuff, and one that was running all of our game infrastructure. The idea being, hey, if somebody pops like one of the pods or whatever of the Kubernetes cluster, like, yes, they'll probably be able to steal flags for other services. That would definitely break the game, but it's not quite as bad as getting access to our database. That would be real bad where they could literally do anything and we would have no idea of what the heck was going on. Uh, so yeah, we, we did actually think of like physical isolation in that sense. Yeah. We yeah. also, for the services, tried to restrict it as much as possible. I think any service that had arbitrary code execution we tried to either apply a set comp or something to try mm -hmm. to limit what the attack surface. But yeah. yeah, in the end, I mean, the 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 way that you're actually defending against this, like you said, is reputation, like a reputation, and b um, that is would be considered attack against the infrastructure. So most CTFs, like I think we've talked about this before, it's not that it's a free for all. Hackers do whatever. There are set rules that people agree to by playing your game, and one of those rules almost always is don't attack the organizer's infrastructure. Like, it'll be very clear what things are in scope and what things are out of scope. Um, yeah, I, I'll give you, uh, there, there was this fascinating example. I, I don't know, I mean, you would have been at this DEF, yeah, you were, the, the DEF CON that where Bryce took down um, mm -hmm. our infrastructure with Emacs, yeah. um, that was one O-Day against, <laughs> against us, against our own team. Self-O-Day. We yeah, we, we were, playing as shellfish. This was long before uh, the OO days, of course. Um, 
but uh, this was 2011. And um, at one point, uh, I was sitting there looking at our, I, I was SSH into our vulnerable machine. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and at that time, um, I, me and, 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 and another guys, you know, we, we did all of this work on this defensive infrastructure of like network uh, redirection and, and, and super uh, sophisticated uh, uh, defense and, and et cetera, et cetera. And it was all completely destroyed by like IPv6 and a couple of other uh, infrastructure specific uh, uh, things. And it was it, super disheartening. So we were adapting as fast as we could, mm -hmm. SSH into the machine, and suddenly my terminal clears and an ASCII art of a stick figure on a roller skate and a helicopter flying behind them rolls by or maybe the figure was holding on to that anyways this rolls by on the screen and we lose connection <laughs> this is like right? something from a movie it it was absolutely insane like like the 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 for real something out of out of a hacker movie um what had happened was uh there was a team called i think that year they were called uh, loller skaters mm -hmm. jumping from raffle copters um there uh they had a bunch of of different sub components of this team but uh one of them uh was uh you know a, a big chunk of rpi sec mm -hmm. um and rpi sec um uh, one of the, the people from there, they went and uh, found a zero day in FreeBSD, which was running the infrastructure that year. And they used it to pop out of whatever jails mm -hmm. and take over at least one of the machines. So they had several beefy machines, each of which would run uh, jails for some amount of teams. And they just took over their local cluster of the game, right? Got up into the kernel. No, nothing possibly to stop them and mm -hmm. um and uh they were kind of soft disqualified for this unfortunately it was an awesome hack but of course attacking the press against the the rules etc right. etc but you know before getting soft disqualified they managed to capture all flags on all challenges from those teams i think including challenges that hadn't been released or something they just of course <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and then and then they got what was they got penalized back down. Well, the feds catch up to you, you get caught. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it was it was absolutely incredible to see, and and I am so psyched that I was actively at the terminal when that hit. Yeah, you saw it first, so yeah, that's yeah. It, it was a cool hacker moment, but not fun game moment, right? Because that's not really why you're there to throw around O days. Exactly, exactly, and so so you know that's. I mean, I'm very conflicted about this as a, as a, an organizer, like organizing a CTF. That's a worst case scenario. Oh yeah, it's terrifying, absolutely terrifying. But it was so cool. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. So, okay, and then so that's like a t like zero days against the infrastructure. Yeah. I think we've either I don't know if I've seen this firsthand, but I've heard stories about uh, let's say O days indirect, like not directly against the infrastructure, but indirectly against other teams. So one of the main things we know is teams get in an attack defense CTF will get PCAPs packet captures of the game and the traffic that's going on. And so what people figured out is, hey, what if we found as far as I know, it was only things that would crash. It wasn't like an O-Day that would actually actively um, like take down, like take over your system. But they found like un previously unknown vulnerabilities, O-Days in things like Wireshark, uh, the, or what was it called before? Ethereal uh, was the, or is it Ethereal now and it was Wireshark? I can never remember. Do you remember this? Am I insane? Uh, it changed uh, its name at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's not Etherape is a different thing. I think Ethereal is right. Man, this is right. ancient history. You know, it's all locked up in here somewhere. Some of it. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, bits yeah, and yeah, pieces. Yeah. Ethereal changed its name to Wireshark on June seventh. Of what year? You just said June seventh. <laughs> like that's a useful bit of information. <laughs> like we. Oh yes, I remember celebrating Wireshark Day on June seventh, two thousand six. Ooh, look at that, man. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So yeah, so I, so, I remember because the first time I was uh, I started started my packet sniffing career back in two thousand one, and so then it was ethereal. 
sniffing guy. Yeah. So yeah, so that was the thing. So everyone knew, hey, what are people doing with these peak apps? Well, they loaded up in the software to look at it. And of course, one of the main ways you'd look for vulnerabilities is packet parsing, right? And parsing all these different protocols and everything. And there's tons of ways that this stuff can go wrong. And they found like packets they could send that would crash Wireshark when you loaded up that PCAP. And they would launch that as part of their exploits, right? With the idea being like, hey, let's hide what we're doing essentially with this. That way, if they try to analyze it to steal our exploit, it's gonna crash their thing. Um, yeah, so that that's another way I've seen basically O'Day's almost weaponized in a CTF, but I feel like that falls on the line of acceptable behavior than unacceptable. Yeah, it's typically, people very rarely see problems with tossing O'Day's at other teams. I mean, you, you hear, there, there are other um, kind of mythical uh, mm -hmm. sort of scenarios where um, there was a denial of service bug in the Linux kernel's uh, infrared handling mm -hmm. for those old laptops with IR ports. And so it, supposedly teams were wandering around like with IR beamers, <laughs> like crashing boxes of other teams all right if you know somebody who's done that please connect them to us and we will uh bring them on oh, this I, I know I the person it. i i i <laughs> we actually we can did, get it not not yeah, who yeah. saw it but who did it yeah, yeah all right well don't say who it is here we'll obviously want to get their <laughs> exactly. permission before de-anonymizing them cool okay so yeah i think we've gone through a good uh history of let, let's say o days in the ctf scene now let's talk about um so what should, let's say, so this is kind of a good question. So you're the, the Lowler skaters, raffle copters, uh, or you're creating this IR pen, or you're finding O'Days in um, Wireshark. If you use that in a CTF, what should you ex like expect? What should your expectation be about that exploit? Yeah, and, and this is um, something that, that I, I, I think it's interesting to me how the community responded to this mm -hmm. um, situation. I wonder if, uh, not, you know, again, we, we shouldn't, you know, relitigate this because a ton of people have already, you know, uh, already had a lot of arguments about it. But um, right. I think the the fact that money was involved here complicates things. But um, my view is there's a bit of a, a first sale principle of exploitation going on where if you publicly utilize an exploit now it's public right right and utilizing it in a ctf that is semi-public is still in my view public right um i think the term example, is is burned right you kind of consider exactly. that 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 vulnerability burned in the sense that uh people now know about it right it is now no longer an yep. o day it's an end day because in the case of Wireshark zero days, right? Especially in DEF CON, like one of the key hallmarks of DEF CON CTF is all traffic in the game is captured and posted online later. So even if people didn't find it there, it's publicly available online in these PCAPs for anyone yep. to find and rediscover that zero Now, day. whether that means it'll be fixed, I mean, you know, we have sure. thousands of, uh, of Linux kernel crashes in the syscaller, uh, whatever database that, that no one just has time to fix, right? So, so it's not that you should consider that the vulnerability is fixed, but right. but the zero dayness, the secrecy of that exploit, right, has been has been compromised, right? Yeah, I think the risk of somebody finding it and either reporting it, using it, whatever, is I don't know, infinitely greater than it was the day before that you didn't use that yeah. and you were the only one that you knew that knew about it. Yeah, and so you know we've had these situations, and honestly, I don't actually remember what ended up happening to that O day. Oh, I but, do, but go ahead. We'll talk very briefly. <laughs> yeah, so 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 um, I think we've mentioned this in previous podcasts mm -hmm. where um, we uh, uh, and 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 we've identified the team. I think in previous con uh, uh, podcasts, so we'll just talk pretty openly about it. But um, I uh, in our first year hosting quals, it was our first year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was at that that. Um, yeah, it was our first year. So um, you're just remembering the house that we were in when we did that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Crowell and, uh, Will, up. Will was sleeping on the the pool table. Didn't somebody sleep on the pool table? Po Will slept on the pool yeah. table. Yeah, that was insane. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, Kral shows up the day before the CTF starts. It's like, it says, guys, here's my challenge. And he's holding a MacBook. <laughs> like, what do you mean here's your challenge? Like, it's hot here. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool, vulnerable uh, kernel module. Some crazy. Uh, uh, and and I'll say, dude. Have you been? Have you have you read the infrastructure document? Have you passed been continuous about integration? All have these you, meetings like, that we've been talking about. Like, How is this what, going to fit? That? <laughs> what's a network? <laughs> what the fuck? And so, we right as the CTF starts, we run a a, a whole integration session, twenty four hours straight to integrate Crowd's I like how you call it an integration session. That almost makes it, gives it the veneer of uh, software engineering. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. what our what our uh, listeners would probably say is something like this. I'm a fan of Zardes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what I like to hear. I'm a because... fan of Zardes. I'm a fan of Zardes. Hello, hackers. I'm a fan of Zardes. <laughs> You should have an episode just just like that. Yeah, just like that. Anyway, so you, you you're making up fancy words for you and Carl exactly. hacking yeah. together this challenge. We had we had. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure we've told, but it's a good enough story. We should tell it again. We had uh, two scripts, one of which ran on a different machine that would proxy connections because to the so actual first, machine. Yeah, so first you need to like so the. Like interesting conceptual problems here is normally when you have a CTF challenge, you can run it in our Kubernetes cluster, which will manage all incoming connections and would load balance and make sure the connections are going to enough things. We could spin up more if we get slammed. We can spin up more nodes to handle the load, all kinds of crazy stuff. If you have one laptop that is running this one challenge, this kernel module, that A, you don't want multiple people to be able to access at the same time. Because right? it so would break the vulnerability. Because it would break this, yeah, service, exactly. So it's a kernel module, right? You don't want multiple people talking to it. And you have to reset the state in between tries. Uh, because it's a kernel module, it could brick the entire laptop and you would be absolutely like hosed. There's a lot of, so this is why not just running outside the infrastructure was a problem, but running outside the infrastructure on a thing, attacking a kernel module on a real laptop. Exactly. And so, so it was super complex. And we even had like, um, so we have two um, <laughs> two uh, uh, shell scripts. One of them would run on the vulnerable machine um, to facilitate com communication with the vulnerable machine and a clean reboot. Um, and the other uh, thing would then facilitate the, the, the queue um, and the dispatch of, of individual teams. Um, the uh, uh, script on the vulnerable machine was called Steve's job that sh <laughs> and the script on the uh, was there an apostrophe uh, in the file name? Yes, <laughs> Steve. Wait, are you serious? Yes. Oh my yes. god! I said that as a joke, man. Yes. Why would no. you ever do that? Dude, That's we insane. were by then we were like completely destroyed and incoherent. The other now script I need was to, called... I'm not a fan of Zardis thing <laughs> to click. The, the other script was called Tim's Cook that sh <laughs> and and. The, the the apostrophes destroyed us several times. Yeah, <laughs> like obviously. errors. Like this is why you don't straight. do that. This what? is why you don't have spaces in your directory names and your file names. Apostrophe have... s space. Oh my gosh! Absolutely <laughs> horrible. It was incredible. And and it, 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 the crazy thing is, it all worked. So we, we in the end, spent, it all worked. in that. Yeah. Twenty four <laughs> hours later, we deployed the challenge. Uh, oh my god! And then we just went and passed out. Right. Yeah. Because at, at this point, I mean, aside from like the entire shit show running up to quals where everyone's just, you know, losing sleep, trying to get everything running on top of that, we pulled it on later right away. Um, so I go to sleep two hours later, you're shaking me awake and you say, Jan, T deliverers say that they have an exploit and they uh, they can't get into the box. And I'm like, dude, it's been two hours. They do not have an exploit. They do not have an exploit. I promise you they do not have an exploit. Like, no, they're very sure they have an exploit. It's like, all right, listen, I'm going to go there. If they don't have an exploit, I'm blocking them. them from yeah. this challenge. They will they never just, get access. Exactly. <laughs> Remove them from the queue. That was, that was actually one of the rules. If you crash the machine... <laughs> <laughs> you 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 yeah. get you get a block for the challenge. Um, so I, I go there, I fix the the, the thing. I mismanaged the SH keys or something, and uh, they solved the challenge. 
<laughs> like, what the fuck? Two hours. Yeah. Right? I mean, tell Crowley's challenge is too easy. Blah, blah, blah. Make a lot of fun of him. But um, turns out that uh, in order to uh, get the kernel module to load in that challenge, uh, Crowley had to disable uh, SIP in macOS. System interior protection and uh, T delivers had a bypass uh, of uh, you know various whatever other things I don't remember the details when SIP was disabled. Boom! So nope. we got hit with this all day, uh, and I remember at the time the crowd looked into it. Like, There's no way they solved my challenge this fast. He looked right. into it. He's like they didn't even interact with my kernel module. <laughs> <laughs> Figured out. Okay, and this, this is, is what's where. Happening. Right. One of the things that CTF organizers, I mean, I would say always, I can't speak for every CTF, but like you should be capturing all traffic traversing your challenge network so you can do things like this of look at like, okay, they solved it. How did they solve it? What did they send? Absolutely. Especially, I mean, especially if something unexpected happens. Yeah. Um, and, and, And what we found when we were hosting as a good rule of thumb is even if, even if a challenge gets solved after, a time that is expected, yeah. you should still take a look. Yeah, just because, to see. Was know, it unintended? Was there something yeah. else weird? Like, you just want to check. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes um, a lot of sense. And so uh, I remember Crowell messaged them, and, 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 you know, he's like, wow, this is crazy. And they're like, yeah, well, enjoy the whole day. <laughs> right. And then, you know, very uh, like, hey, we recognize that by using this whole day, it has been burned. Yeah, for sure. Right. That's I think the it wasn't explicitly let's say mm-hmm. mentioned, but it's very clear that like hey, they knew that by using this in a CTF yeah. that they now it is now no longer an O-day. They don't have control over it. That information yeah. can go out there so that if it got let's say patched or fixed after that point, they can't really complain or do anything about that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so I I think it's a uh, that that's always been my general feeling about this, you know. Um, like use, using using an O day in a CTF, you should basically assume that it's been it will be burned. Yeah, your reward or, or that it is burned. Yeah, your reward rather than any you know O day money or CTF or C, C, uh, CVE or whatever is the flag, and it's awesome. It's badass. I mean, the guy that 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 um, uh, popped that. <laughs> the free BSD O day, mm-hmm. forever in my mind, that dude's a god, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, he could have. Let's say he instead got like eighty million dollar bug bounty from the free BSD foundation, right? <laughs> it really dug into their their pockets. I wouldn't be more impressed than I am now. I mean, he would be much happier. Probably, I would be more impressed. <laughs> really, I don't know, man. Sitting at that. I guess you know, at the terminal and and experiencing what it's like to be on the receiving end of a movie hack. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That's true. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and I think I don't know. I'm trying to think of what the alternative is. Right? Like, there's like I don't think there's an argument the other way to say like, well, but the I, I think maybe some people if they have never organized and they've only participated in CTS, maybe they don't didn't think. You know, in general, that people, that the organizers are capturing traffic or looking at the traffic, right? Like, well, we want to know how you're solving it. <laughs> like, if it's if it's something trivial and we can tell that very easily from the traffic, we want to be able to determine that. Um, so I think that maybe, and and maybe, um, I think going forward, we can maybe talk later about what to like learn from this. But maybe making that more explicit as part of the rules that hey, yeah. any. Any traffic you send, anything you do on our systems, we're logging everything. And so if you use an O-Day, you should consider it burned. Um, and I think that's actually, I think that's mostly fair. Um, I think that's actually not mostly fair. I think that is fair. That, that should, like, is the way that it should be. Now, the question becomes, so then that, that's one condition. And we have a thing where, hey, that was used in a CTF. That he solved a challenge before anybody else because of this O-Day. And the, the bug got fixed. So you can think it was like a win-win. They... The security was improved. This bug was fixed. The the team um, got the flag. Uh, they didn't need to solve the challenge, which kind of sucks. But hey, what are you going to do? It's not a perfect world. Um, so yeah, the then the question becomes: I think there's there's a couple different wrinkles here, right? Like one mm-hmm. is intentionally using an O day, 
but what if as part of the challenge design, you discover an O-Day while you're doing it. Yeah, and you might think that's the intended solution because there are challenges that are find my O-Day. There was a B-Zip challenge at mm-hmm. HitCon that was find my O-Day, and in fact, I think Orange wrote it, I remember Fish found the O-Day when reversing B-Zip mm-hmm. and ignored it. He's like, that's an O-Day. That's not the, the solution. Of course, that was the solution. Right? Right. And later he's like, what? <laughs> But but yeah, so so there are challenges that are find my O-Day, um, mm-hmm. which I think are, are a cool class of challenges, especially ideally uh, when there's a bit of like a, a guided route, to mm-hmm. it, right? It's like, yeah, so hey, it's not just a scenario. blind search through this yeah. complex software. But yeah, yeah, and I think that it also, you know, I think other wrinkles are similar to the real world situation was, well, find my, find my non-critical O-Day. Mm-hmm. And then you accidentally find other related. Yeah, because O-day. it's you know it's, it's likely that there are bugs where there are bugs, right? As there's as bugs. Being, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's bugs in real world software. Otherwise, we wouldn't have. You jobs. found an O day in my sequel, right? I vaguely remember. Also at a hitcon. Uh, it wasn't an O day, I would say, but it was a un, I, I It was a new technique. It was Postgres. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, a new yeah. way of uh, cha- filter bypass. Postgres, you can change delimiters and bypass filters in crazy ways, and yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. nuts. And and uh, yeah, so so and that was I mean when you found it, you were shocked when the writer oh, yeah. came out and it was something completely different. No, the flag, the flag itself had something about because what you were supposed to do is use two servers. You'd make a query to MySQL to see if you could make a connection, and then a query to Postgres. And I had, but there was a lot of filters on the Postgres stuff, and I'd figured out a way to bypass those filters. But then when I got the flag back, it said something like, "Hey, MySQL." Um, my SQL size limit is crazy, huh? And I was like, what the hell are they talking about? I don't even know. I didn't even look. I don't even understand what that's referring to. But the idea being you could, because it was kind of like an echo back on the MySQL, you could have it echo back like something that was much larger to where it wouldn't return the data back and it would just assume your connection was safe and then go on the second one. But anyways, yeah, uh, that was nuts. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, that's, you know, that happens an enormous amount. And then, Kind of no one knows that, especially, I mean, I'm sure that it has happened that someone's found an O-Day, launched it, the organizers Don't didn't know. have reference solutions and didn't look at traffic. Right. Now, the organizer of the CTF, not the CTF team organizers. Um, right. And, uh, and then uh, it's, it's just like, well, no one knows what happened. And O-Day had <laughs> briefly existed <laughs> and, and has got out into the ether. Uh yeah, it's it, it, that's a very tricky question. I still, yeah, because I think there's something. That I think to me, what's very interesting there is if you don't. I mean, you may or may not even know that it is an O day or is not the intended solution, right? You may have an inkling. Maybe you even reach out to the the organizers to try to figure that out. Um, but at the end of the day, you could very easily envision a scenario where you find it, you solve it. You're maybe not even the first one, so there's nothing like whatever. But maybe the organizers like so. It's one. Of the, I think the key difference is like knowingly burning an O day versus mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And then let's add one more wrinkle to it because I think that's what the I think all of this is like fine. I think the really thing that messes in general people up in a lot of ways and also in this way is money, right? So you as the organizer, you find the thing. I think we can safely say that the that O-Day that you talked about uh, by T-Deliverers, nobody got any bounty or money from that right. uh, that that uh, reporting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what if the person who reports it is the one who got the bug bounty? So can you talk about how that just changes things maybe i don't know if it's an emotional thing is it a logical thing but like yeah i think i think so i, I can talk about our experience in the cyber grand challenge oh sure right great. because there's an enormous amount of money mm-hmm. involved there shellfish won 1.5 million dollars in the cyber grand challenge and uh the immediate thing was like all right <laughs> you know let's let's pay out um and then all of these questions arise Right. Um, the Cybergrant Challenge had a core of like uh, somewhere like a dozen hackers. I don't remember the exact amount. And it varied slightly over time as as people graduated, new people came in, et cetera, et cetera. The, the CGC went on for several years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, someone was there and critical for quals and then left before finals happened. What happens right. then, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's the, the more overarching um, question of, uh, well, 
the CGC effort was able to happen because uh, Shellfish was, you know, uh, within a larger academic community mm -hmm. at, at UC Santa Barbara. And uh, artists. Oops, sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. That fits. <laughs> uh, and, and, oh, wait, and, wait, and, actually, this one's better. I'm a fan of anger. I'm a fan of Zardes. There we go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it, it, the CGC happened in part because, you know, anger was already a mature uh, platform, et cetera, et cetera. You had and, fans. And it has fans. And uh, that, you know, there wasn't a perfect overlap between anger people and CGC people. What happens, et cetera, right? Um, and uh, the money complicated things a lot. Mm -hmm. it, it, no one cared until the money arrived. Yeah, it was all just um, fun hackers hacking, and then yeah. the money comes in, and you're like, "Oh crap! What do we do to this with this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, I mean, it was it was really interesting to me too because uh, when I started the PhD, I had my uh, finances kind of figured out for mm -hmm. for five years, uh, and and then you know, I I, I stayed a year longer for to do six years, and then because the CGC. Stayed a year longer, mm -hmm. and so now my, my my finance are getting super stretched. Suddenly, hey, there's this CGC money that could you know make up that that difference. Um, so so it was a uh, really tricky um to sort out. I think that uh we we, we arrived at a, a reasonable solution that kind of worked for everybody. Um, where a good compromise probably left most people you know a significant number of people unhappy, right? <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, it, I think it would have been a, if he took one point five million dollars and split it twelve ways among the people that happened to work on the CGC, the the rest of the lab would collapse. Mm -hmm. Right? No yeah. one would ever work on on on. Everyone would just think, okay, well, what can I work on with my research to maximize the amount of money? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's maybe something. I, I worry about the impact of that on 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 CTF. That that sort of same mentality, mm -hmm. right? Um, because, because now different, I think that's that's is something that has qualitatively changed, uh, or maybe quantitatively something that's definitely changed from like 2010, right? Releasing or 2011, releasing a BD, BSD O'Day. You made a joke about getting eight million dollars from that, but there, I mean, maybe on the black market or whatever. I'm definitely not that much, but like there, I don't. There wasn't in 2011. There wasn't public bug bounty programs that yeah. you could report. There was. Was that around the time Mozilla had like the you find an O'Day in Firefox, and they'll give you five hundred dollars. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. That I mean, was, that uh, was even before that. Uh, right. Because I remember someone. Yeah, I mean, basically, that was like an the, within a, guy a year. Who fuzzed Firefox so much that they eventually just they had to hire him, him <laughs> yeah. because he was costing <laughs> them too much at five hundred dollars a pop. Like, yeah. that's how many bugs there were. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's so funny because five hundred dollars. So many people like students, uh, graduate students in the U.S are here from abroad and mm -hmm. they're not allowed to take these bug bounties and so then mm -hmm. it's like a huge pain in the ass to figure out how to have mozilla or whatever donate it to the university and right. i remember a friend of ours went through that for 500 dollars uh from mozilla <laughs> it was like what? i don't even want this oh no from from facebook it was from facebook ah, okay yeah. yeah that's that's the kind of you know like i i you know we as part of our research we found a like a really bad o'day in um the all of the amazon fire tablets and like any website you visited people could steal all your cookies brick your device do any kind of stuff it was real bad they you know we reported to them as we wanted to do and they said hey thanks so much here's a free amazon fire tablet and i was absolutely stoked to get I that know, fire yeah. tablet. Well, like, the original yeah the, the original pwn to own where yeah. you pwn it you own the device you, own, you, you, get, a you can get a laptop. macbook yeah <laughs> Yeah, now the the money is so much that it just so yeah. So I think that that's definitely something that has changed over time. Is you know it, it in the earlier days you, you use a zero day, find a zero day, use it, and it's like okay, well whatever. Somebody else finds it and reports it. So there's the but now there's the money aspect, and there's also the second part, which is the credit aspect, right? Because people yeah. use discovering finding these O days as part of their CV. Um, yeah, and 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 this to me. So it's one thing that CVEs are, are, are kind of resume fodder. I think that's mildly problematic, but, but some people get really worked up about it, but it's, it's, it is what it is, right? Yeah. I think 
I mean, if you honestly, can find one oh. zero day. Oh, good. I was just gonna say it kind of reminds me of uh, GitHub, like using your GitHub as your resume in some sense, sure. right? Of like, hey, here's all the code that I've created. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some people, that's great. Some people work at companies where they can't push their stuff. Like you'll you'll never exactly. see yeah. publicly their code. So yeah, I think that's a very similar kind of trade off. And, and, and so you know, on the one hand, if you find a Chrome zero day in a weekend of a CTF, you can likely find another Chrome zero day, but the question is, will you? Mm -hmm. so, so I had an interesting experience um, uh, in my uh, kind of uh, educational role. Um, I ran an experimental class at ASU, as you know. Um, yeah. Well, I've ran several. Uh, crazy. <laughs> crazy. Every thing. class you run is kind of experimental. Exactly. A lot of things you do is basically experimental, yeah. you could say. That, that's, that's where the fans get from. I'm a fan of Zardes. <laughs> <laughs> so... I ran an experimental class. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, a follow-up off of the first time that I ran um, Pwn College um, publicly, right? Like truly publicly. It was 2020. The pandemic was raging. Everyone had to go online uh, mm -hmm. anyways. And I'm like, well, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do Twitch, YouTube, the, the works. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. You're at ASU. You're not at ASU. You know, come to to, right. uh, to class. Um, and uh, as a follow-up, that year, I decided to do a vulnerability research class, mm -hmm. applied vulnerability research. And the idea was, hey, let's actually pick real-world targets. Let's uh, invite vulnerability researchers to give guest lectures. Let's right. figure out how to analyze this shit. Is the best way some static analysis for this target? Is it fuzzing for this other one? Uh, are we going to write crazy custom fuzz harnesses? All of this stuff. We figure all of that out. We make all of that uh, work, we find bugs, and we report bugs, and we get the students some CVs. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be awesome, yeah. right? And overall, it was pretty awesome. We had uh, students that, uh, you know, every team found serious, like real-world bugs, reported them. Um, I was hoping that we would also exploit these bugs, but uh, people lost interest right after reporting them. <laughs> and like, oh, why yeah, do man. we want to exploit I... what is now an end day? I have, yeah, I have for sure experience with that with my sabbatical stuff. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, that's fine. So let's say exploiting remains a, a purview of CTFs and, yeah. uh, and, and, and state actors. Um, but, uh, you know, they, 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 they would, it, it was by most metrics a complete blazing success, except for one team picked a and if people are interested there's actually on the pwn college um youtube there's uh we, we did a public outbrief presentation mm -hmm. um from all the different teams you can go right. and and uh, check it out um uh, just search applied vulnerability research at the pwn college youtube channel um the uh bummer was that one team picked a target that was a video game emulator that was very popular um and they found real bugs and they found bugs that, that would lead to, uh, you know, with a, a maliciously crafted ROM would lead to code execution um, through several different ways. Um, bugs in, you know, video handling, bugs in ROM parsing, uh, I think even bugs in the emulation of instructions. It was super cool stuff. And they reported them and the author flipped out. Right. The author flipped out and emailed, uh, angrily emailed me, emailed you, uh, you know, so and, you know, in BCC. So yeah. I don't know who else they emailed at ASU. Yeah. Um, the students got super uh, 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 spooked by this. Right. Because this this can explode. I, I know there were a lot some conversations at various uh, discords and, 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 and security channels. They're like, who are these uh, assholes from ASU, et cetera, et cetera. And so. The students that worked on that specific team got super discouraged, mm -hmm. um, and uh, some of them have not continued their, you know, O-day hunting journey because it's like, well, fuck this shit, right? It's yeah. like there's a minefield. Well, um, yeah, and you know, you want part of. I mean, I don't know. I think everyone has different motivations for learning security. Me personally, mm -hmm. one of the things I love is making things better. Right? It's yeah. Like. You don't want to be a doom and gloomer. You want to actually make things better. So the stuff you yeah. find, you want them to be fixed. You want 
people to like to make software more secure for people. So you spent all this time finding this stuff, and then you report it, and a you get like abuse for it, and then b yeah. it doesn't get fixed. <laughs> like that's the other so insane. so so the 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 bittersweet thing. Actually, yeah, that that's true. There were three issues I think that they found. Two of them they submitted patches for the author of the project merged the patches without acknowledging them. <laughs> right. So it's like their work was somehow, you know, stolen. The third one, they didn't even bother submitting. It's like, mm. whatever, this, this just this isn't, well, actually I told them disengage. Yeah. Like stop, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, you know, so there, it, it might still be vulnerable to, to this, uh, that third issue. I don't know. It's, but it was just it, it was too dangerous for these students, right? Like like you know you we have obligations to keep our students uh, safe in some sense. Um, so it's super super tricky. I, I bring this up mm-hmm. because I worry that this situation will have a chilling effect on people finding bugs. Um, on on people, you know, finding like imagine if I mean, in, in some sense, there's already like the the, the rules against attacking infrastructure, mm-hmm. which are very important rules to have. Otherwise, everything would be shit show nonstop. Um, they have a bit of a chilling effect, as evidenced by the fact that when Fish saw the Bizepo day, he kept moving. It's like we're right. not going to do it this way, right? Um, so I worry that the next you know, really cool hack that's found will be kind of uh, noted down and, 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 and left behind. Or the next interesting thing on the wire that some team launched, who knows which one, mm-hmm. it's not always even clear in a right. Jeopardy-style CTF, yeah. um, will be uh, you know kind of ignored to avoid the drama or something. Now, I think they're... they're in this specific case, honestly, I think the, the the drama is a bit. I think there are aspects of the drama that are super overblown. But, oh yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, like the only know, the only interesting things to me, and the only reason why kind of our our title of this episode is going to be like, whose exploit is it anyways? Right? When you launch an O day or something, where the pox don't work and the money doesn't matter. <laughs> there you go. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I think the 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 interesting thing for me was not like you said it wasn't about the that the organizers found this and reported it because we have experience doing that i think where it becomes interesting is the money aspect especially with a first should the bounty go to the person that reports it the person that finds it but like also how does a bug bounty program know which is which do they actually even care they just want to get their their bugs fixed um and they have their bounty program so they maybe have to pay out um yeah so i think it was a good uh a good wake-up call in some sense to be like, hey, we should probably be thinking about these things and talking about these things, right? Because as this does, like you said, we can't just ignore the money thing and just hope that nothing ever happens with it. Um, if this was, you know, we, if this was a completely different target that does not release their bug reports publicly, we never would have been talking about this and even... And, and, and it has happened before, right? That maybe not leading to bug bounties or maybe leading to bug bounties. Or I'm, I'm very sure that somewhere in the history of CTF, someone has seen an exploit on the wire, submitted, because we know it's happened. That's happened at least twice. Yeah, for sure. I, I would be shocked if it has not happened. Yeah. I don't know personally of any instances. Like um, you said, we I, know instances where bounties were not involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think one other thing that's very frustrating for me is mm-hmm. the articles that say Apple employee identifies O'Day in Google products. I was specifically and... not going to bring any of that stuff up, man. <laughs> oh, really? Well, then we don't have to talk about it. But it's right. there's an interesting duality yes. between like everyone mostly works for somebody, right? But sure. when you're... I think it's very silly that do, CTF is a hobby that you do on exactly. weekends. We're private citizens uh, working, you know, on our own time in CTF or something, right? Well, like, for the most time, there was. Uh, we talked to some folks right. that that as part of their company, they have people do CTFs, and that that's interesting because you know, do they have to then work by different rules? Maybe. I mean, that the answer might very well be yes that they are in, you know, not allowed to. I mean, carry out even a lot attacks. of. 
employment, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but a lot of employment stuff is complicated. And I've signed contracts with companies that said that anything you do is the IP is owned by the company. So if you wanted to work on open source and stuff, you'd need to actually get like a special yeah. contract or something from them. And maybe if you work for a VR firm, is any exploits that come out of your mind, like property of the company or not? This actually came up, I think, in the Discord a bit when people were talking about this of yeah. like, well, uh, a lot yeah. of uh, armchair so, lawyers in there. Yeah, and I think the point is we don't know, uh, but it's it does complicate things. But that shouldn't be the interest. That is not the interesting thing. I think the interesting thing for for people should be hey, like a the CTFs are finding like novel O'Day like critical O'Day vulnerabilities, right? Which makes sense. You point a bunch of hackers directly at something, they'll find some stuff. Um, the that part is I think interesting for people outside. I could see that being for sure interesting. People not into CTFs. The fact that like this was used in a CTF and the organizers detected it and then reported it is also interesting. I think just conceptually, I don't think people realize that stuff happens. Um, but yeah, the, the the interesting thing for me from the CTF community is talking about hey, what like what is okay, what is not okay, what's expected, what's not expected. Do we need to be more clear about these kind of things so that we don't, like, the next time this thing happens, we're not, it's not another drama of whatever. Yes. It's, uh, I think what would be really interesting to me mm -hmm. is, uh, you know how there used to be breakthrough points? First Blood would get, uh -huh. you know, a bonus. Yeah. I think oh. what would be interesting is uh, a, a zero-day bonus where if you demonstrate you you know you, you find this zero day you talk to the organizer like hey i found a zero day to do this right um and 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 uh, afterwards you agree to like you know i don't know a proper disclosure channel and then pub publication eventually you get a bonus i don't hmm. know it, it it would be very interesting uh to at least get get something or what I think would be very important there is just creating the the channel of communication, um, right. and, and making that it initial is yeah somehow officially part of the game. I think that's kind of what the policy thing I was thinking of. Is yeah, like what, and, what and about I, rules or it would be very interesting if back in that day uh, with with that FreeBSDO day, roller skaters went to uh, I think DD Tech at the time and said, "Listen, guys, we have this thing we can." take over your infra mm -hmm. can you let us demonstrate it do mm -hmm. that cool movie hack to the teams get the credit <laughs> and then we, we won't we won't launch it again right. or something right and there are you know uh, a reputation is very important in this field mm -hmm. and uh, if if there are many teams that if they came to me when we were hosting and said hey we have this o day can we do this if if sean if sean allowed it then i would say sure <laughs> I think he would say no. <laughs> Sean might say no. Yeah, Sean He's is very uh, paranoid and, and correctly so. Well, yeah, and, and you know, it led to uh, years of, of uh, successful games as far as we know. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, that's great. So, anyways, I think that's just uh, was an interesting case study to kind of talk about and think about, like, this, this problem. I don't know if it's a problem, but it's a fact of life of being a CTFer is... You would you will come across stuff that is a previously unknown vulnerability, and like you know, yeah. Uh, it's, it, I wonder what is a analogy to a different. I mean, like doctors seeing medical issues. Like, so it's interesting because it's uh, one of the things is like, I mean, it's an interesting thing, the nature of O-Days, right? It's essentially information. So it's not like you can say it's like gold, right? You found gold, so therefore it's your gold. You're in possession of that gold. And of course, if I threw my piece of gold at you and you caught it, now that is your gold. <laughs> you would can run to the store and convert it to money or whatever. It doesn't quite work that way, right? But there is something like, you know, I, I have it. I throw it at you. That's our co second copy that's coming at you. And yeah. hey, if you can catch it, then it's kind of on you maybe. Yeah, I don't know what the right metaphor is. I saw I saw an article where some uh, dermatologists were tra uh, traveling on a train, mm -hmm. and across the the car that that they were in, they saw a dude with a, a, a mark on his face, and they came up to him and they're like, "Hey, this is I, I, we think you have skin cancer," and he did. Right? Oh, he wow. went and got it checked out and 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 had it. You know, they got it early because these 
two dermatologists happened to spot him. That's the closest thing I can think of to this. But they, it, so maybe the analogy there, is that more about the moral obligation? I mean, we didn't even touch that point, but like the moral obligation of if you find or know about an O'Day, about reporting it, right? Um, because they could yeah. have just said nothing to that guy. I'd be like, "That's not my. He's not my patient. Whatever. Like, I'm not gonna say anything yeah. to him." Similar thing. You find a no day. It's like, well, whatever. Somebody else yeah. will find it. Well, and they went out on a little bit of a limb because if it wasn't <laughs> a cancerous uh, thing, and he went and got spent time getting checked out for for no reason, and let's say to make it more complicated, let's say this happened two years ago, where going to the doctor had more risks. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Yeah. It's it's it's. I think we have some introspection to do as a community. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely an area. And that also came up a little bit in the specifics here, but I don't want to get into it. But the the general thing of like, well, what to do when you find it's a, it's been plaguing the security community for a long time, right? What to do when you find a vulnerability. It's something I've even struggled with doing sabbatical stuff of like, well, I found this bug. It's an overread. They're not going to pay me for it. Am I going to spend the two days to turn it into a POC to send it to them so they can fix it so I won't get paid? Like, ah, is that a good use of my time? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's so tricky. Yeah, it's... Or, you know, I mean, probably in the in the case of that video game emulator, we could have submitted an anonymous PR, <laughs> right, to just fix that last thing. But, yeah, you know... So, yeah, I think these are, you know, things I think the important thing is I don't think we'll get to a solution necessarily, but the important thing is talking about it. And, yeah. you know, I think the the principles of like, hey, let's try to keep people safe. Let's try to do the right thing. I think like the you know, a good example would be a company like Google with Project Zero kind of standardizing on 90 day disclosures is a, a good, you know, that used to be a huge fight. I actually don't know if it is. Do people like have massive debates over like full disclosure versus uh, coordinated disclosure versus the forced ninety day disclosure? So I think the the debates nowadays at least don't involve lawyers. Ah, uh, yeah, that's fair. Because back then it was like, oh look, <laughs> Dimitri Skliarov got arrested on stage at DefCon Nine. <laughs> Great. Right. Yeah. So that 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 maybe there's let's say more community standards are developing and that's i think something that we're doing more and more of over time right we, we don't uh we don't have it settled in stone but that's part of what we're doing here of talking about this stuff we're blazing the trail man yeah that's why trying. i'm such a big fan of adam d i'm a fan of zardes <laughs> <laughs> i thank you I'll, maybe i'll clip that we'll see i don't exactly. know i can pr- I could probably do like a if you just did fan of Adam D. I could probably do a podcast all by myself, just clicking these buttons whenever <laughs> right, I needed exactly. you to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think of course it wouldn't be it. as good, man. That's what I, you know, would definitely You've say. Got the authentic experience here. You know, no, you're doing your own uh, next token prediction, and I happen to find those tokens very uh, surprising. So thank you for that. We're all LLMs in an uncertain world. Hopefully. All right. Now that we've talked about LLMs, I think we're done here. So, uh, Check. Let's go. Yeah. Be, be safe with your, uh, your O days out there, everyone. Um, be kind to each other. I think that's, you know, I think we can. You know what they say. Keep your end days close and your O days closer. Wow. That was terrible. I really want to cut it there, but I was going to say stuff in the end. I think we can, you know, uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. I think uh, that was great. So thanks, everyone. Um, and Jan, why don't you give us a, a good send off here? All right. Goodbye, hackers.